Hi, this is Alex Green, the host of Stereo Embers, the podcast. Uh, the most common question that I get asked in my life is uh, is not, are you still modeling? Uh, it's also not, where do you put all your money? Uh, it's this question, what's with you and your cat? Yeah, I got to think about my cat. I've always had to think about cats. I've always had a cat in my life. Since I was born, there was a cat there at the beginning, and uh, I'm still alive, but I imagine when I die, uh, the cat will uh, circle around my body and say, who's going to feed me now? The fact is, I love cats, and if you love cats, and if you care about cats, you'll be very interested to hear about an event called Cat Stravaganza. Now, it took me a long time, by the way, to say that word without flubbing it, Cat Stravaganza. It's not as easy as it as it seems. What is it? Well, let me tell you. It's a one-night-only fundraiser and celebrity musical to raise money for the homeless animals of Los Angeles. It's an entertainment-packed cat extravaganza, and it's going to feature live music by Olive and Ollie, Magic by the Fantastic Fig, and his cat Newton, $20,000 worth of prizes, a decadent party with an open bar. By the way, if you're at a party and there's an open bar and the party ends up not being decadent, I think something went wrong. How open was that bar, I start to wonder. Uh, Okay, listen. Let me tell you a little bit about this event because it's actually really cool. There's going to be live celebrity performances and an all-new musical spoof. Produced by Kitty Bungalow's Charm School for Wayward Cats, it's a Broadway-type event, and it's designed for animal lovers and theater aficionados. Let me tell you a little bit about this performance. Hamilton's Cats is the name of the production. Doesn't that sound cool? It's a mashup of two very famous Broadway shows right there in the title. Cats and Hamilton. Like, you needed me to spell that out. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Hamilton's Cats. It's the story of a small-town cat rescue that decides to put on the musical Cats to raise money for their organization. Unfortunately, no one's interested in the show until they hear that the legendary Andrew Lloyd Webber is planning to attend. Well, once they hear that, everybody wants in on the action. People are so shallow. Uh, All right, listen. Here's who's starring in the performance this year. Uh, We've got Fred Willard of Modern Family, Emily Deschanel of Bones, Wendy McClendon-Covey of The Goldbergs, Mindy Sterling of Con Man, Nicole Sullivan from Blackish. Joy Lenz from Dexter, Elaine Hendricks from Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, Carla Jimenez from The Mick, Brendan Robinson from Pretty Little Liars, Lori Allen from SpongeBob SquarePants, Myra Walsh from Switched at Birth, and the So You Think You Can Dance dancers will be there, and boy can they dance. Also, the Lakers' Bonnie Jill Laughlin, who is the NBA's first female scout, she's going to be hosting the red carpet. All right, the event is this Saturday, April 21st. Doors open at 7. Curtains go up at 8. Party goes till midnight. Uh, Well, they say that, but it could go later because it is an open bar. Okay, tickets are on sale right now. It's an all-ages event. Prices for the tickets range from $80 to $175. Tickets include the after party as well as the show, and the tickets are tax-deductible. Okay, it's at the Montalban Theater, 1615 Vine Street, L.A., California, my friends, get down there and uh, and have some fun. It's going to be a great night. Bring your cat. <laughs> well, wait, maybe you shouldn't bring your cat. Uh, bring uh, bring a picture of your cat. 
that that'll make you blend right in. No one will think you're weird. Uh, a little something about Kitty Bungalow's Charm School for Wayward Cats. It's a 501 nonprofit organization that rescues, neuters, socializes, and finds homes for feral kittens while providing outreach, education, and trap neuter release services in Los Angeles. All right, does that sound good? You had nothing going on this Saturday. Now you do. All right, get down there and enjoy the show. I had a chance to talk to uh, Joy Lenz, who is one of the actresses who will be singing at the event. Uh, she and I chatted about what's going on, and she gave me the lowdown. Now let me give you a little lowdown on Joy Lenz. Uh, you probably know her best from One Tree Hill. She was on that show for years. Before that, she was on Guiding Light for years. I remember her on that. She was also on Dexter, Grey's Anatomy, Colony. She's been around. And uh, one thing about her which is so cool is that she also has been in a band, and she's a writer, and uh, she's a, a woman of many talents. She also talks to me a bit about her new project, which is a musical based on Pocahontas. We talked for a while, and she was great. Enjoy our chat, and, uh, and, and thank you in advance for supporting this event. It's, uh, it's a really great cause. There's a lot of animals out there who need our help, and uh, you could be someone who uh, offers that help. And maybe you uh, get a little cat in the process. You turn a feral cat into a sweetheart. Don't you want that transformation to happen under your roof? Don't you want to turn somebody wild uh, into somebody tame? Uh, right? By the way, that sounds like every movie on Lifetime, doesn't it? Uh, look, these cats are adorable. They're great friends to have. And, uh, you know, you can snuggle with them by the fire and say, look how far you've come. You used to be wild and now you're not. And then they'll purr and playfully bite you in a very non-rabid, non-threatening, non-feral way, which is the exact opposite of every movie on Lifetime. Okay, thank you in advance for supporting this event. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, Kitty's Bungalow appreciates it, and I think Emily Deschanel appreciates it. I don't want to speak for her, but I think, uh, I think she does. I feel that I know her well enough through watching her on Bones. <laughs> that, that's, that's something you never want to say in a court of law. I don't know. I thought, I thought we were just really close. I, I watched her on Bones for years, and I, I just really thought we had something. Uh, all right, look, enjoy this event and enjoy my chat with Joy Lenz right here on Stereo Embers, a special edition of the podcast. You know, I just finished a small arc on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I was working with Matthew Morrison and Camilla Langton. It was um, the domestic violence storyline on that show um, that uh, I was really, you know, grateful and proud to be a part of. And um, I have been, I, my Hallmark movie, Royal Matchmaker, came out uh, about, about a month ago, and that did really well, and so I'm really proud of that. And uh, now I'm about to go shoot another movie in a couple months and um, in the meantime I've, I've been kind of um, sequestering myself away from a lot of acting projects um, because yeah, you know, the older you get and I've got a child and I feel like I want to do things that really speak to me and that I feel really connected with and stuff that feels fun and meaningful in life so um, I get kind of picky and uh, I so what I've been doing with my time is for the last year and a half is writing a musical. And it is based on the tribal history of Pocahontas as told by uh, former, the late Chief Custolo of the Matapanai tribe. And um, it's, a, it's a story that the more I've found out about it, the more it seems to really need to come to life on stage in 
a proper musical version like Les Mis or Aida, you know, something that was serious and really dealt with the issues that were at hand. So I've been I've been writing that with the tribe's anthropologist and with um, Jared Inkachacha Tate, who is a Chickasaw composer, and that's been my life really for the last like couple of years. What attracted you to that subject material? Um, I think you know when I was sixteen, I went on a on a youth trip, like a teen trip, to go uh, to Fort Apache and build houses and do camp for kids and you know fix things and and they welcomed us into the community and into their powwows and taught, taught us about the way that they worship and there was so much beauty that I experienced with those people um, who were living in such harsh circumstances and yet there were so many that had so much joy and um, I think you know having that experience at such a young age really stuck with me and made an impression that never went away so um it's just a theme that uh, uh, the native american um issues have always been something that has been important to me and really struck a chord with me and the idea for this just kind of dropped out of the sky it was just like a divine like hey you know what would make a great musical if it was done right and like we really talked about what happened and we really try and deal with the issues pocahontas so uh, I tried to dive into it. I realized it was a massive undertaking, and then I abandoned it, and then I went back to it about uh, two years ago and decided it was time. How is the writing of the songs? Is that difficult, or is that is that process coming easier than the actual writing of the screen of the of the script? The, well, the libretto is for me. It all kind of comes at the same time. So um, I started with songs. Uh, about four or five songs and then I knew the basic construct of, of my outline and the story and where they need to go in the story and then as you write dialogue you start to discover that what a character is saying really should it, it's coming from such a deep emotional place it makes sense for it to be sung or you know there's a part that that has the fun, that's funny and it needs a, a quick humor and it's a great opportunity for um you know, like some lively music. So it all kind of happens. For me, it all happens at the same time. Is it dangerous to sort of think ahead and think, okay, when we're done, here's here's how we're going to get it out there and stage it? Um, is that getting ahead of yourself, or is that something a whole different hill to no, climb? No, we're, yeah, we're there now. I mean, that's what the last um, the last couple of years have been is preparing, and now I'm at the workshop phase where we're. Um, going to put it up on its feet, do a 29-hour reading, and uh, hopefully get a, a, a staged reading up and in a, a lab or a workshop and, you know, pick it apart, see what's wrong, see what's great, um, and then figure out how to fix it, and then go back and and then do a, a solar production, and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll um, get it to New York by 2020. Do you prefer to be on the stage or in front of the camera? I prefer to be on stage. Um, it feels easier to me to um, connect to an authentic moment when I'm just looking at another actor in the dark. Uh, with the film, there's a, you're just no matter how hard you try, there's still a camera in your face. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, I, you know, I uh, I always give a better performance when. It's on the other person's uh, coverage, and the camera's not on me. 
Um, and I try really hard not to be self-aware, but you know, you're trying to not be self-aware, which means that you're self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So for me, just as an artist, if I find the experience to be more authentic emotionally, if I'm on stage, um, but I really enjoy both. Right. I mean, it, uh, I'm not making you pick. <laughs> I won't make you pick. That, yeah. that would be... <laughs> I won't. Um, do you find that as you, you've been in the business a long time, do you find that it's easier to say no than it used to be when you were younger? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're younger, especially as a woman, I mean, you never want to, you know, we all, most women I, I've found deal with this. You know, you don't want to disappoint people and you want to be a team player and you don't want people to think you're a bitch or that you're, like, difficult. And um, we have a very different way of functioning in the industry or have had in the past. And um, so when I was younger, I think I had a lot of that. I just you say yes and uh, you just do all the things that um, – all the opportunities that you, that you can. Although, you know, now that I'm thinking of it, there were a lot of things. I was pretty stubborn when I was younger. And, you know, when you are young – think you have so much more time than you do <laughs> right so you kind of like it, it it can be i can see how it's, it's easier to be pickier when you're younger because you think oh i've just i've got so much time if i i can say no and just do the things i want to do and be artistic and then you get older and you have a mortgage and children and responsibilities and you need to just do, do what you can but then again the older you get, the more you realize how little time you have left and how important it is to do things that mean something to you. So, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. We'll get to Hamilton's Cats in a second, but I have to ask you, um, you have a four-octave range voice, which is incredible. Uh, did you always know you had that voice before you started working with a voice teacher or anything like that? Did you know that you had that range and that power? No way. Uh-uh. Oh, I just thought I had, like, a low register. Um, I just thought it was, a, a, like, an alto. I was always an alto in, like, school choir and stuff after my voice, you know, after, like, puberty. Um, so, I, you know, I really had no idea that, that that was possible. It was very, it was really, I'm not sure if it was my mom's idea or if it was my agent's idea at the time, but it was just incredibly uh, insightful for someone to put me with an opera teacher because I thought, I don't want to sing opera. I want to sing Broadway and folk rock and pop music i don't want to do opera but i I kept going and my mom kept taking me and uh, you don't have to sing opera but at least you should know how (laughs) yeah that's a good point yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and and before we get to the musical do you find that you've been in the industry for a while do you find it's hard to maintain friendships in this industry or is it easier than it seems great question um one of my least favorite things about the industry is how quickly time goes by um and and you you lose touch with people like you you finish shooting something and you've gotten really close with them really fast and then you know you think okay great yeah well i'll see you soon hey we both live in la you know we're in new york all the time i'll see you and it is amazing how fast a year can go by or six months you know, I'll see a friend and go, oh, my God, how are you? Like, what was the last time we, oh, my gosh, has it really been, like, 16 months since we've seen each other? <laughs> you know, it's sad. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think some people you just click with and they're instantly friends forever. And 
no matter how long the time is in between, you'll always be able to just go back to square one. And then there's some people that you that you just uh, you know meet and have a great time with, but it's just not you know at that time meant to be a super deep friendship. I'm really slow to make friends anyway. I just I don't I don't trust a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes me a while. <laughs> well, have you always been like that? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I, I just had my ass kicked in life. So I, you know, now I, the people who are friends to me, I, there are some people that I meet and I'm instantly like, oh yes, you and I are going to be friends forever. And I, we click immediately and I just know it. And then there's other people that is just kind of just, oh, um, but I think that's also kind of this industry too. Like a lot of us who have been working a long time, a lot of us have kind of been run over a few times by people that you trust so um sometimes it just takes a while to learn how to how to you know pick out the good one yeah that's that's very true um and as we get older we become more discerning i think we become better at it yeah i think so i do i really do um but that's part of life you just kind of have to you just have to get heartbroken you have to get run over you just gotta go through it in order to be able to really discern I know, but but it sucks, Joy. <laughs> I know it does. It's, I know. I believe me. Like as a mother, I look at Maria and I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna get her heart broken by some douchebag, and she's totally gonna, you know, have friends that are best friends with her, and then she, they're gonna turn her their back on her, or she's gonna do it to somebody else all of a sudden. You know, God forbid. I hope she doesn't, but you never know, like what life takes us through, and but. I mean, aren't we so grateful for all the things that we've gone through and that we're on the other side? I would way rather do that than just live a life where everything is safe all the time and I'm never taking any risks, you know? I agree. I agree. We have to, we have to get those experiences mm-hmm. to become sort of uh, textured as a person. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, now, tell, me, tell yeah. me about this musical because it's very interesting. I think it's a great cause. The cast is great. Yeah. How did this happen? I'm so excited about this. So this is my second year doing it. Um, Sean just reached out to me, and she uh, so she has opened this the Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats, which is just about the most adorable thing you ever could see or hear of. Um, we went down to her facility. It's the only uh, 100% street cat socialization facility in the United States. So they socialize and they find homes for uh, like over like 1,700 formerly feral cats. Wow. Um, and it's amazing, yeah. And so uh, we went down to their facility, and it's just, it's just so cute. The whole place looks like a little schoolhouse, like a Victorian schoolhouse, with paintings of all these cats and these little Victorian collars, and there's libraries painted on the walls, and you know, the, all the little kitty rooms have themes. It's just the sweetest thing, and it really entices people to come in and adopt, uh, adopt a cat. So um, she also is a producer, and I think she used to be a casting director. I might be wrong about that, but uh, she has so many contacts in the industry, the entertainment industry, that she puts on these productions. We were in the Orpheum one year, like in these huge productions with a huge band, and all these stars come out, and she gives us all a chance to sing um, because as everyone knows, there's no real musical theater in LA. It's all just touring companies that come through. Right. So all of us, all of us New York transplants who miss singing, 
uh, we should give this a chance to get up on stage and do something fun and silly and, you know, just play around on this great big stage. And it's all for a great cause. It's to raise money to help to help this um, this kitten population issue and, uh, and to help her rescue these cats. So it's, uh, it's totally adorable and goofy and a, just a ball. It's so much fun. And is it, it's one night only. It's one night only. And so she's got like Fre- Fred Willard and Mindy Sterling uh, and uh, Nicole Sullivan, I think, have written this sort of the play, the little the, the concept, the outline for it. And uh, and then she's got people like Emily Chanel from Bones. Uh, Tyler Hilton is coming in. I'm coming in to sing. Uh, I think Thomas Decker is singing. Rumor Wilson might. Uh, r- sorry, r- Rumor Willis might be coming. And um, so it's uh, we just uh, come come in and do a couple rehearsals with the band, and we choose a song, and then we get up on stage and do a performance with with the uh, with the whole cast, and it's. Great fun. What uh, what's it like working with Fred? Fred is really sweet. I, the last time I worked with him on this, uh, he was really kind and um, so funny. His comic timing is still just like right on it, and uh, he's great. He's great. He's so fun. Well, uh, how many cats do you have? I, I I wonder. That's that's the the question one might wonder if you have a couple of feral cats that you've. Uh, <laughs> well, I have had three cats in my life. I used to hate cats, actually. I was like, look, cats. What? No. Uh, yeah, I just grew up. I don't know why. I just didn't like them. I, I guess I had never had a good experience with any. Um, and uh, one day, a friend of mine said, I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. I rescued this cat, and my landlord is going to kick me out if I don't get rid of it can you please take the cat just like at least for a few weeks until I find it at home? And I was like, Oh, I don't like cats, but I love you. I will take your cat. So I took this cat in and she completely stole my heart. We, we sort of just coexisted in the apartment for like two weeks. Neither of us bothered each other. And then very slowly we just became friends and she won me over. Um, and I took her with me when I got One Tree Hill. She was my first cat down there, and um, I eventually had to put her down. She got a, a disease, and it was rough on her, so it was easier to let her go. And, uh, and then I got two more cats, another one that was a rescue that sort of found me, and then one that I, that I bought from an adoption fair, uh, a rescue adoption fair. And they're both gone now. They're no longer with us, sadly. Um, but I would like to get another one. I just have two dogs right now and, uh, you know, seven year old. So I'm, and I have, I have a small house, so I'm just pacing myself yeah. before we dive into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. So, uh, now how are the songs in the production? Are they, they're all original songs or are they all? Um, no, no, there are, I think a lot of people are doing, um, uh, I don't think anybody's doing an original song. Well, maybe. And they might have written some. I think mostly it's like plug and play. Um, you know, the idea is that there's um, it's a little bit waiting for Duffman, if you remember that movie. Where sure. They're waiting. They're doing a community theater production of Cats to save the cats. And uh, they find out that um, Andrew Lloyd Webber is going to come to the production. So suddenly all these, you know, famous people are showing up to audition 
for this, you know, little podunk production in the middle of um, the middle of nowhere somewhere. And uh, and so you know that's why we so we all come in and, and that's how they get around the production is we, we come in and we we do our audition song as though we were auditioning for a play. And what song are you gonna do? I'm doing Buenos Aires from Evita. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be really fun. I'm looking forward. To, I chose it because I've always been terrified to sing that song. And uh, I just thought, oh, what the hell, like a short. And I, I'm pretty sure I can hit those notes. Let's try it. Now, where can people get tickets for the show? I think the tickets are on the Kitty Bungalow website. But let's see. She didn't send it to me. But I'll say before the show, there's this uh, a feline magic show with Fantastic Fig and his cat Newton and some live music by a band called Almond and Olive. And there's a bunch of prizes, like $25,000 worth of prizes. Every dollar spent on tickets goes directly to the mission of the organization because the event production has been paid for by um, some amazing sponsors, uh, Lime Crime and Fusion and Nicholson Foundation and Solid Gold Pet, and a bunch of people jumped in to help out. So that helps a lot. So people will know that their, their ticket prices are not going to the production. They're just going straight to the kitty cat. And uh, you'll have to add in where the tickets can be found because I can't quite hide it. Kittybungalow.org. That's what it is. Very Kittybungalow.org. I love it. Perfect. I was thinking about my favorite uh, rock and roll songs with cats in them. I was thinking Squeeze, Cool for Cats, and uh, The Cure, Love Cats. Oh, yeah. Right? And what's the other one? Uh, Love Cats by The Cure. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard that in ages. (laughs) So good. I know it's been in my head all day because I was thinking about cats. Um, well, listen, yeah. I uh, I love talking to you, and I'm I'm excited about this, and I appreciate your time. And as is customary in a theatrical performance, I can only say to you, uh, break a leg. Thanks so much. Okay, see you soon. Take care. Bye. Did I end the interview on a down note? I thought I'd. Uh... I thought I'd end the interview by saying, uh, tell me all about your dead cats. Tell me all about the animals in your life that have died. That'll be fascinating for our listeners. Uh, But look, if you've loved an animal in your life, you've known that uh, you've had to say goodbye. It's not easy. It doesn't get any easier, but it doesn't stop us from loving, does it? Good, because it shouldn't. Don't let death scare you out of uh, a little love. Uh, I don't think that's Shakespeare that I'm quoting. I think it's Slayer from the Rain and Blood album. Uh, Now listen, if you want to go to this event, I think you should go. Doesn't it sound like fun? Uh, Go to kittybungalow.org and uh, buy some tickets there. There are some left. It goes to a great cause, and I think you'll have a good time. Look, if you have a cat, you're not weird. If you have two cats, you're not weird. That's a strange stigma. Why can't you have uh, feline friends? Um, There's nothing wrong with that. If you have 10, okay, that's excessive. If you have their pictures in your wallet... That's really excessive. But if you have one or two characters sleeping around the house, what's wrong with that? I think that's adorable. All right, go to the show. You'll have a good time. And you'll forget all about your own troubles and focus on the troubles of feral cats. That's what I call a Saturday night. Uh, Speaking of cool cats, let me tell you some cool cats that are going to be on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Uh, Here's our list of interviews that you will be hearing. Petra Hayden the fabulous Petra Hayden, daughter of Charlie Hayden, 
she is fantastic. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, James Williamson of the Stooges. Yeah, I chatted with James, and he is one of the nicest guys. Uh, and also Roger Manning from Jellyfish. Those are some shows that are coming up. If you want to do Stereo Embers, the podcast, a solid, head over to iTunes and hit subscribe. And if you want to get even more solid, maybe leave a review. Maybe hit a couple of stars for us. We'd appreciate that. Are we groveling a bit here? Maybe a little bit. But we would certainly be very grateful if you took the time to do that. Also, subscribe to Bombshell Radio if you're there. That would mean the world to us. And hey, you know what? Since you're going to be there anyway... Subscribing to Bombshell Radio, subscribing to Stereo Embers, the podcast, why don't you download some Jazz Butcher? That would be a cool thing to do, and uh, I, will, I will tempt you a little bit with the Jazz Butcher right now. This is Love Kittens. Let's close the show that way. All right? Enjoy the, uh, the cat thing. Save some cats, and if you can't go to the show, why don't you throw Kitty's Bungalow a couple of rubles? How about that? Rubles. Yeah, because... Uh, because our republic seems to be headed that way. Uh, yeah, give them a little donation. It would mean the world to them. Okay, listen, as always, thank you for taking the time to listen to Stereo Embers, the podcast. My guest next week on the program is Magic Dick of the Jay Giles Band and the Shun Ing Duo. So look forward to that episode. Here's the Jazz Butcher, and I will see you next week right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Or, I should say, for the purpose of this special edition of the show, Stereo Embers, The Podcats. It was a foggy night in old London town When I came across a little old man Oh, he was looking very down He looked so sad He must have suffered something very bad At first I couldn't think what to say But then I told him Kittens, 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 kittens